Thank you so much for joining us for CBN Newswatch. I'm Ephraim Graham. Ahead today, a wider war against Israel. A report out of the Middle East says Iran has given Hezbollah the green light to step up its attacks against Israel. We're going to take a look at the possibility of an expanded war against the Jewish state. President Joe Biden and former President Donald Trump both heading to the Texas border today as illegal immigration becomes a leading political issue. This as the former president's legal battles are heating up, going now to the United States Supreme Court. If you've been, the grocery, been to the grocery store lately, you have likely experienced sticker shock over the high prices. We're going to take a look at why food is costing so much. And evangelist Franklin Graham bringing the gospel to a region where it is needed. The border between the U.S. and Mexico. All those stories and more ahead today, right here on CBN Newswatch. This is CBN Newswatch. And we begin today's edition in the Middle East as Israel keeps up its attacks on Hamas. Israeli forces are also fighting against Hezbollah's strikes with fears of a bigger war in the very near future. As Chris Mitchell reports from Jerusalem, the war may include forces backed by Iran in Syria and Iraq. The Syrian government accused Israel of major attacks in and around Damascus on Wednesday. One building reportedly served as the headquarters of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard in the southern part of the city. Israel also struck a number of Hezbollah installations in southern Lebanon, as Iran has reportedly given the green light to its proxy to escalate the fighting in the north. CNN reports the Biden administration is concerned Israel is preparing for war with Hezbollah in late spring or early summer if diplomatic efforts fail. Israeli Defense Minister Yoav Gallant says Israel is operating in all areas of Lebanon, including far north of the border. He says Israel is committed to bringing tens of thousands of residents evacuated after October 7th back to their homes, even if it means a wider war. We are giving a chance for a process of settlement. And on the other hand, we are preparing all the possibilities in order to safely return the residents to their homes, even in an operation that is not a diplomatic operation. With the Muslim holiday of Ramadan less than two weeks away, the U.S. State Department is urging Israel to respect religious freedom and allow access to the Temple Mount. It's not just the right thing to do. It's not just a matter of granting people religious freedom that they deserve and that, to which they have a right. But it's also a matter that directly is important to Israel's security. It is not in Israel's security interest to inflame tensions in the West Bank or in the broader region. Israel's foreign ministry tells CBN News Israel respects religious freedom. Let's make it very clear. All security challenges and all decision-making is uh, in line with uh, one of the cornerstones of Israeli society, uh, which is freedom of religion uh, and allowing uh, people from all religions to, uh, to pray. Hamas leader Ismail Haniya is calling on Muslims in Israel to flock to the Al-Aqsa Mosque on the first day of Ramadan. Historically, Israel has imposed age limits on worshippers because younger Muslims have used the Islamic holy month to riot on the Temple Mount. Meanwhile, on Wednesday, family members of hostages held by Hamas began a four-day march from the Gaza border to Jerusalem as they hope and pray for a deal. We send them strength and ask them to hold a little longer. Omer, just a little longer. A deal is possible. 
Chris Mitchell joins us now from Jerusalem with more. So, Chris, in your report, you tell us that Iran has given Hezbollah the green light to step up its fighting against Israel in the north. What can you tell us? Could this turn out into a full-blown war? Well, it could easily, uh, Ephraim, right now. The IDF is preparing for a full-scale war. They've transferred three divisions from Gaza up to the northern border. Uh, what Israel is saying is that they can't live with tens of thousands of Israeli refugees in their own country. They've evacuated many of those communities uh, kilometers and miles from the uh, Lebanese border. Uh, and they also can't live under the shadow of tens of thousands of rockets. Uh, after October 7th, Israelis just don't want to live that way and they won't tolerate it. Uh, you know, Hezbollah has maybe 10 to 15 times the rockets that Hamas at one time had. So this is a situation that could easily go into a full-blown war. Would the Israeli public back a war against Hezbollah? Uh, yes, they would. I, I think uh, easily, uh, Ephraim, uh, there's an overwhelming sense that first uh, Israel needs to take care of what's going on in the Gaza Strip, take care of Hamas, eliminate Hamas mm -hmm. as a threat, and hopefully get back most, if not all, of the hostages, and then pivot and take care of Hezbollah. Uh, they know it's going to be costly, but they believe it's going to be necessary for Israel to really continue as its uh, sovereign country right now with really tens of miles of border uh, <clears throat> land and area that is just literally uh, ghost towns like Kiryat which is one of the largest towns here in the Israeli-Lebanese border, is really nobody's uh, living there like they had been for many, many years. Chris, we're hearing and seeing reports of an Israeli strike that killed 70 Palestinians while they were waiting for aid in Gaza City. What can you tell us about that? Well, we can't say that the IDF is investigating the situation. They put out a, a press release about that. Hamas is claiming that more than 70 Palestinians were killed. Uh, but it's important to wait to see what the IDF has to say about this. What they have said so far is that during a transfer of humanitarian aid, Gazan residents surrounded the trucks and they began looting. And at the time, there were dozens of Gazans were injured as a result of the pushing and trampling. Uh, but then the crowd approached the forces in a manner that they say posed a threat to the troops which responded with live fire. So the incident's under review. It's important to remember that back on October 17th, Hamas accused Israel of hitting a hospital and killed 500 people. That turned out to be false. It didn't hit the hospital, and it wasn't the IDF. It was actually uh, a rocket uh, fired by Islamic Palestinian Jihad, and only about 50 people died. So the media reports went out immediately after that. We'll see. I think we'll have to wait to see what happened in this incident down in the Gaza Strip. Israel's defense minister has issued a warning that this week Hamas wants to use the Muslim holy month of Ramadan to incite Muslims in Jerusalem and the biblical area of Judea and Samaria to launch another attack on Israel. How seriously is Israel taking word of this possible threat? Well, they're taking it very seriously, Ephraim. Ramadan historically has been a volatile time, especially on the Temple Mount. Uh, the cry literally for generations by many Muslims has been the Al-Aqsa Mosque is in danger. Uh, that's the cry uh, by Hamas. Uh, 
About October 7th, it was called the Al-Aqsa Flood. Uh, so this is something that Israel takes very seriously. What happens many times is that younger Muslims often barricade themselves in the Al-Aqsa Mosque. They stockpile fireworks, they stockpile rocks, and then they, they almost want the uh, IDF uh, police uh, or the border police to come in, and what that does is it create usually an incident video that gets that's sent viral around the uh, internet, and uh, and that where Israel gets the blame. So they take this very seriously, and uh, they're doing what they can to try to mitigate any danger here in Ramadan, especially on the Temple Mount. Uh, is Israel trying to avoid rising tensions and potential cla cla clashes? You were saying during Ramadan. Yeah, what they do is that they're trying to restrict worshipers to over 40. Uh, and that way, because of the younger Muslims are typically the ones involved in these riots. And there's also an internal division within the Israeli government. Uh, for example, Ben Gavir, who is the national security minister, he actually wants to restrict worshipers, Muslim worshipers, to over 60 years old. Uh, he is the national security minister, but he's really being overruled by the war cabinet right now. Uh, it's Israel. It's a difficult situation regardless when this is happening, especially now after October 7th. So Israel's trying to manage and mitigate any potential vi violence and why it's important to be praying uh, for the peace of Jerusalem at this time. Uh, we'll see what happens. March 11th, I begin, believe, is when uh, Ramadan going to begin. It lasts for about a month. It's a time of feasting and fasting for Muslim families. But uh, as we've said, historically, also a time of great violence there on the Temple Mount. All right. Thank you so much. Chris Mitchell reporting for us from Jerusalem. We appreciate your insights. Stay safe and know that we back here are praying for you and the entire team there. Coming up here at home, former President Donald Trump's illegal battles heating up as the Supreme Court will hear a key case. And as both President Trump and President Biden head to the border today to spotlight the illegal immigration crisis, we're going to have that story for you. It's all coming up right here on CBN Newswatch next. Life is better with a good night's sleep. Get your free DVD or booklet of Protect Your Sleep. As the world watches from the outside. It's a big diplomatic tug of war here in the Middle East. Go inside the story with Jerusalem Dateline. Israeli archaeologists are talking about a discovery that could change the thinking about the Temple Mount. Join CBN Jerusalem Bureau Chief Chris Mitchell and get the biblical perspective on the events shaping the world. What starts in Israel then ends up going to other places. Watch Jerusalem Dateline Friday night at 8.30 on the CBN News Channel. Life. It's meant to be lived fully. Jesus said it. I came to give you life. Life to the fullest. Life in your family. Life in your finances. Life in your body, mind, and spirit. 
life in your everyday. At CBN.com, we're taking what Jesus said seriously. We're here to help you discover life. Life. Live it fully. CBN.com. President Joe Biden and former President Donald Trump are both heading to Texas's border with Mexico today to highlight the illegal immigration crisis. Biden will be in Brownsville, where crossings have dropped recently, while former President Trump will appear in Eagle Pass, which has been at the center of the border battle between Texas and the federal government. And more developments for Trump in his legal battles, as the Supreme Court will hear his case on legal immunity for his actions while he was president. CBN's Dale Hurd has the story. The high court will hear arguments the week of April 22nd and could release a decision by the end of June. Trump was charged with interference in the 2020 election for actions related to January 6th. His legal team argues he can't face prosecution for actions taken while president. The president has to have immunity. But an appeals court rejected the immunity argument. The Supreme Court announcement comes as the former president moves closer to locking down the Republican nomination for president. The court's action puts the trial of Trump on hold pending the outcome of its case, but the court suggested it will move quickly, probably reaching a decision by late spring on whether Trump is immune from criminal charges. This comes as a nemesis of the former president, Republican Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, the longest-serving Senate leader in history, says he'll step down from the position in November. Father time remains undefeated. I'm no longer the young man sitting in the back, hoping colleagues would remember my name. It's time for the next generation of leadership. McConnell said he plans to serve out his Senate term, which ends in January 2027. McConnell's legacy of transforming the federal judiciary will last for a generation. During the Trump administration, McConnell's Senate confirmed three conservative Supreme Court justices and more than 200 lower court judges. And he blocked a possible liberal majority on the Supreme Court under President Obama by preventing a hearing for Supreme Court nominee Merrick Garland. That led to landmark Supreme Court decisions overturning Roe v. Wade, striking down affirmative action, and protecting religious freedom against gay rights. But McConnell hinted he realizes his leadership may no longer be welcome in a Republican Party dominated by Donald Trump. Believe me, I know the politics within my party at this particular moment in time. I have many faults. Misunderstanding politics is not one of them. McConnell and Trump reportedly haven't spoken in more than three years. McConnell refused to go along with Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election and blamed him for January 6. There's no question, none, that President Trump is practically and morally responsible for provoking the events of the day. The 82-year-old McConnell was at times a thorn in the side of both right and left, which he acknowledged in announcing his decision. 
I still have enough gas in my tank to thoroughly disappoint my critics. And I intend to do so with all the enthusiasm with which they become accustomed. The Supreme Court will also rule on whether states can ban Donald Trump from the ballot. Wednesday, Illinois became the third state to do so. Dale Hurd, CBN News. Still ahead, if you've been to the grocery store lately, you know that even after years of inflation, you're still experiencing sticker shock from high prices. We're going to hear from one analyst about what's driving these prices up. The story's coming up right after this. Life is better with a good night's sleep. Get your free DVD or booklet of Protect Your Sleep today. I'm Ephraim Graham, and this is Studio 5. Cruise with me as I discover the good things happening in the world of music, sports, television, and movies. The fact that Ryan Coogler was going to be directing the film, I knew that something special was going to happen. We'll chat with artists at the forefront of entertainment and explore the connection between popular culture and faith. I asked my pastor, I said, well, does that mean I'm supposed to be a preacher? He says, well, no, you already have a pulpit. Wednesday night at 8.30 on the CBN News Channel. Remember for a moment what it was like to be a child. You believed every story you were told. You saw a world full of endless possibilities. What stories will the world's orphaned and at-risk children believe? We believe the Bible tells the only story truly worth believing. We believe that every child should have the opportunity to dream, the chance to take challenges and turn them into possibilities, the chance to stand on the promises of God, to recognize their place in the greatest story ever told. They have their whole lives ahead of them. Theirs is a world of endless possibilities. They are looking for a story to believe. We will tell them that story. Will you join us? It's been more than 30 years since Americans have paid as much for food as we are right now. In 1991, when George H.W. Bush was president, U.S. consumers spent 11.4% of their disposable income on food. Today, the figure stands at 11.3%. Appearing on this week's episode of The Global Lane, Jonathan Hartley, a commentator for Young Voices and research associate at the Hoover Institution in California, explains why Americans are paying so much more. Food now makes up uh, about 11% of disposable income of Americans, and this is the first time that's been the case since uh, the 1990s. Uh, you know, it's, it's really important. Uh, this is actually a really important development because you know, inflation historically has been higher for poor individuals, uh, and that's really for two reasons. One, a greater share of the poor's income is spent on food and energy, and, and two, the, the poor spend a greater fraction of their income uh, and, and save a lot less than higher-income individuals. There's been uh, a lot of uh, discussion about what's caused inflation over the past uh, a few years, uh, that, you know, which has been the, the greatest uptick in inflation since the 1980s. 
uh, it, some of the biggest um, uh, debates have been around the role of supply chain bottlenecks from the pandemic, uh, excessive uh, fiscal stimulus that um, was passed under both the, the Trump and Biden administrations, uh, and, and then also whether central banks like the Federal Reserve have been uh, slow to raise rates, uh, raise interest rates in response. I think we have a lot to be grateful for in the sense that uh, in the U.S., GDP is, is still rising um, you know, compared to other countries, say, in Western Europe or, or in Canada, where GDP per capita has been essentially flat for the past decade. Um, so there, there's really something about uh, American exceptionalism in economic growth. Uh, and that's a trend that I think is, is going to continue with, uh, you know, these uh, the latest developments around AI, um, that could potentially lead to a productivity boom that we haven't seen maybe since the age of the computer in the 1990s. Yes, American workers are very hardworking, and I'm sure part of the food problem is the inability to move goods across the country. You'd mentioned that, touched on it. Uh, transportation bottlenecks. The United States still suffers from a shortage of truck drivers. About 80,000 jobs are open. That number is expected to double within the next five to 10 years to 160,000. So how does that factor into high food costs? Well, you're absolutely right that, uh, you know, supply chain bottlenecks um, uh, matter a lot. Remember, uh, you know, there's all these lockdowns, you know, shut, essentially, you know, a, uh, an imposed uh, shutdown of the economy in many respects. Uh, and then you had all this fiscal stimulus, you know, people had all these uh, stimulus checks um, uh, ready to spend. And then when they decided to reopen the economy in, uh, you know, late uh, 2021, 2022, uh, yeah, there was this you know burst of of spending, and and you know a lot of those uh, supply chains uh, don't come back on um, as easily. Um, you know w whether it's you know hiring, uh, getting more truck drivers on the road, um, getting um, you know shipping uh, items uh, moving on time. How about rising wages? I know many states uh, uh, have increased the minimum wage. I'm sure that means the local butcher or grocery store uh, will raise their food prices to consumers to cover the cost increases, right? Or is it just price gouging? Well, I'm, I'm uh, I guess, not a huge fan of the whole price gouging story. I don't think there's a, a whole ton of um, empirical evidence. Uh, I, I do think that you know there, there has been um, a role that policies played in, in all of this. Um, you know, we're seeing uh, you know spending. Uh, that was really at an unprecedented level, uh, federal spending um, through uh, you know, everything from uh, the CARES Act early on in the pandemic to uh, the American Recovery Plan, uh, the ARP, to um, the the, uh, the so-called Inflation Reduction Act. And so when you get uh, you know, so much more uh, money in the economy chasing uh, much fewer goods, you, know, you tend to get these sort of inflationary spurts. And, and so... I think that's played a big role. I don't necessarily think that um, that minimum wage increases um, you know, they are generally pretty localized. And, and also, you know, we've seen um, you know, trade policy that's shifted a bit um, that um, you know, makes um, the outsourcing of food from abroad um, somewhat more expensive. Um, I, I think there's a, a number of things that have happened in, in recent years that potentially could explain uh, why food prices have gone up so much. OK, we'll see where this all heads, especially in an election year. Young Voices commentator Jonathan Hartley. Thank you, Jonathan, for sharing those insights. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Also on this week's episode of The Global Lane, ethnic Uyghurs urging Cong Congress to take action against Chinese occupation east, uh, in East Turkis, of East Turkestan. And two actors from The Chosen share their thoughts on what should come next for 
the popular series. You can catch the global lane this evening on the CBN News Channel. It begins at 8 Eastern. You can also see it on the CBN News app or you can watch it on YouTube. Coming up, evangelist Franklin Graham bringing the gospel to thousands of people in the troubled region along the southern border. We're going to have that story for you when we come back. Hey, if you're tired and exhausted all day, you can't think clearly, and you really just need a cup or even a pot of coffee to get through your day, then join me, Dr. Josh Axe, for this new series where I'm going to teach you how to transform your diet and use essential oils and supplements to get a better night's sleep. Wake up to your best life. Call 1-800-700-7000 to get your free DVD or booklet of Protect Your Sleep today. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the work of your spirit, Lord God, with this movement of getting the Bible, Lord, into public schools. Watch the prayer link. Tuesday morning at 730 on the CBN News Channel. promises committed to loving and serving at-risk children, to helping keep families together, and to creating opportunities for strong and sustainable communities around the world. We're working in over 60 countries around the world, and with your help, we can do even more. There's an old African proverb I love that says, if you want to run fast, run alone. But if you want to run far, run together. At Orphan's Promise, we want to run far so we can touch the lives of as many orphaned and vulnerable children as possible. But we don't want to go alone. We're out to change the world, one child, one family, one community at a time. Will you join us? Get your daily quick start from CBN News. A quick read on the important news of the day delivered right to your inbox. Stay current on breaking news, politics, and entertainment. Go to quickstart.news and subscribe today. Evangelist Franklin Graham shared the good news in Eagle Pass last night, the fourth stop of his 10-city God Loves You border tour. Thousands packed out the county amphitheater for the bilingual service, which featured music from worship leader, leaders Taya and Marcos Witt and a gospel message from Franklin Graham. Pastors told CBN News they are praying for revival and believes that Graham event said they're excited to see God working on the border. I believe that this is the impetus for a great move of God. I've seen pastors and and church leaders that maybe haven't spoken for years come together, sit at a table, have a dinner, have breakfast, and and with one heart, one mind, and, and one purpose. And I really believe that this is the impetus for something great. God is doing a big revival right now in my community and other border cities, and I feel, and I believe, and I have faith that this revival is just not going to end here in the borders of the United States, but that this revival will go, move forward towards the rest of the United States. I want people here to see who Jesus is, right? And I want them to come to know that Jesus Christ is Lord and that He is Savior. 
but I also wanted to bring revival to the church and I wanted to bring all of the churches, physical churches here at Eagle Pass to become one because we are supposed to be one. We are the bride. Graham Travers travels to Del Rio, Texas tonight for his next stop. The tour ends next Saturday. That is March 9th. It'll end in Chula Vista, California. Time now for your Thursday thankful. So today I ask you to join me in this prayer of gratitude. God, thank you for the waiting moments, the closed doors and delays. You know best what I need, when I need it, and when I am ready to receive it to that prayer. May we all say thank you and make this a day, a Thursday, filled with thankfulness and gratitude. That will do it for this edition of CBN News Watch. You can always find more of our news programs on the CBN News Channel. You can find them there at any time as well as online at CBNNews.com. Take a moment. Let us know what you think about the stories you've seen here today. You can email us, newswatch at CBN.com. You can also reach out and touch us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll see you back here tomorrow.